Highland Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Hallelujah. God has been good to Brother Allen and Sister Pat and all of us. Amen. I know he's been good to Island Church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, just a little update on what's going on with us. We came back from Nicaragua November the 18th, and we just had a wonderful time. Uh, I was there two weeks by myself with uh, Pastor Ed and Jenny were there the first week I was there. I was actually there three weeks. And so uh, they kind of got in the car and drove off, and I just sat there and watched them disappear over the hill. And uh, I really need to learn Spanish is what I found out. I really need to learn Spanish. Si, puede, si. Si, si, si puede. I can do all things through Christ. That's what we're going to preach about tonight a little bit. But, uh, but while we were there, we really had a great time, and, and uh, the Lord really blessed us. Uh, I actually did a revival the first night. We had about 60 people, and we made Chinese rice for everybody to eat. Everybody liked that. But the, the next night, uh, actually that day, we drove down to the coast. It's about 30 minutes straight down the mountain. Uh, we're up at about 2,000 feet. So we came down the mountain, and we went to the coast, and we bought Dorado, or Mahi Mahi. And uh, we ended up buying 25 pounds and it was 40 cents a pound. And when, when Pat picked me up at the uh, airport, we went to Central Market. I like to go there just to look at the food and stuff. You know, it's, it's a Martin thing, I think. We went there with Dad one time in Fort Worth, and he, we went through there. It took us about four hours. We ate. And when we got out, he said, let's go again. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, the, the, the mahi there was f- almost $15 a pound. So I said, man, what, are y'all, what kind of markup is this? But that's America for you. Amen? Praise God. But it was, it was awesome to be there. People got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, taught a lot in their Bible schools. Uh, you know, we just really need to see these believers grow. But, but both of the churches there and several of the other churches that we work with just about had doubled. Uh, you know, they had some insurrection and stuff in the government. And uh, Pastor Ed and Jenny had to leave, and, and of course, we got out of there. It all went down when we were there, and we, we had to jump on a plane and come home early. But uh, after a couple of months, it kind of quietened down, and the local pastors really uh, did well in pastoring the churches and, and just helping bring the people together, and there were new people in the churches. And, uh, but they just need to grow like, like we all do. None of, none of us have arrived, amen? So... Uh, what I'm going to teach you tonight is basically kind of what I, I taught them there, and uh, it's something that you've heard before, but, uh, you know, just open up your heart to receive the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the entrance of your Word that brings life and brings light, and Father, we thank you that tonight our heart is focused, and it's good ground, ready to receive the ever-living seed of the Word of God, and we thank you as the Word goes forth, it does produce fruit in our lives, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And Father, we thank you that as we hear the word, we'll be doers of the word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 If you would, uh, open your Bible to the book of Ephesians in chapter 1. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the prayers. Actually, we're going to just look at the first prayer there in Ephesians chapter 1. And, uh, you know, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, penned these prayers. But these prayers were not just for the church at Ephesus. They were for us as believers. Amen. And a lot of times what happens is, is people will get born again, thank God for, for crusades, thank God for evangelists and people that get born again. But a lot of times people, when they get born again, if they don't really get into the good church like this one, 
they'll get born again and they'll step right through the door into salvation. All they'll do is sit around and stare at their past and they never will accelerate or grow up spiritually. We have to grow up spiritually as a church. Listen, uh, I know Pastor Rusty has been in Tanzania and he's been over there in spiritual Disneyland. I mean, God is doing incredible things over there. They have miracles and signs and wonders. People's lives are, are incredibly uh, just supernaturally changed. There's witch doctors that are now uh, pastors and things like that that go on. I mean, we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to hear all about it. But uh, I'll set all that to say this. He's going to hit the ground here running on Sunday. And, and uh, you know, we better get in, get out, or get run over. Because I'm telling you, you know, God, we're in the last days. And God's not, not satisfied with just moving in Africa or just moving in Asia or moving in China. I tell you, God wants to move in Galveston, Texas. And he wants to move in Island Church. But he just doesn't want to move through the pastor. He wants to move through the congregation. He wants to move through us. But we have to grow up. And one of the ways we grow up is we have to grow up spiritually. And in this, in this prayer here that Paul prays, in Ephesians chapter 1, we'll just start in verse 6, 16. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's one of the greatest scriptures in the word of God. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? In the knowledge of God. Listen, the reason why there's a lot, so many religions, so, much, so many denominations, so many factions in Christianity is people don't have a solid knowledge of God. They've got their flavor. Amen. But thank God, I thank God that we go to a full gospel church. Amen. We believe, we believe Genesis, the revolutions, revelations. Amen. We believe the maps. Amen. We believe everything that's in the word of God. Praise God. Amen. I'm a believer. Amen. I'm a believer. I believe in speaking in tongues. Amen. Am I in the right church? But, but here Paul is praying over the church that the, we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The spirit of wisdom is so that you can see into the future and plan accordingly for success. God can, can allow you to see what is unseen to you right now. The spirit of wisdom will allow you to see the plan and purpose of God for your life. That's what Pastor Rusty's been uh, teaching on on Wednesday night. What is the will of God for me? God, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my plan? The spirit of wisdom will, will open your eyes to see what God has created you for. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation uh, is to see accurately in the spirit and to, to uh, make known, to uncover, to unveil, and when it's used as a person, it, to, it denotes to make that person visible. The Greek word for it is apocalypsis. In other words, what God wants to do is he wants to make Jesus visible in your life. When you read the word of God, you're not just reading ink on a page, but the word of God becomes alive to you. It becomes the living word of God. It becomes Jesus speaking to you. Jesus walks out of the ink and he walks into your life. And you can receive healing from him. You can receive wisdom from him. You can receive instruction from him. By the spirit of what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Listen, God is not your problem. 
So many people think, well, God caused this wreck. God caused me to have this disease. God caused this person to pass away. No, the Bible says Satan has come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But but Jesus has come what? To give us life and to give it to us abundantly. I tell you, God wants you to have an abundant life, but you have to realize that God is not your problem. And the devil is a master deceiver, and he's a master at, at messing with your life and blaming it on God. It took, when, I, when I was a young man, I came back to the Lord, but it took a revelation from God for me to understand that God was not making me sick. I was taught that in the denomination that I was raised up in. I grew up in that. I thought that way. Go, well, okay, I'm going through something now, God. What are you trying to teach me? He's trying to teach me through his word. He's not trying to teach me by knocking me between the eyes with a baseball bat. Amen? So we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We need to have correct knowledge of God. Uh, There was a guy back in the Old Testament named Mephibosheth. That's easy for you to say. But Mephibosheth had a knowledge of David. He thought if David ever got a hold of him, he would kill him. He would rip him limb from limb. But David said, find somebody that belonged to Saul's household, and I want to bless him. And and Mephibosheth was hid out in a place called Lodibar. How would you like to live in Lodibar? That's where the devil will send you. Amen. But, But he had right standing with David at that time. And David brought him in, brought him before him in front of the throne. And, and Mephibosheth was, was waiting for lightning to strike him. And David said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you everything that belonged to your father. And Mephibosheth just freaked out because he had a wrong impression of David, of, of the one that was in authority. And a lot of times we think that if God could just get a hold of me, if God ever catches up with me, if I ever sin, sin number 100, or whatever sin you think that is, that God's going to take you out on. Listen, God does not play that game. The devil is the accuser of the brethren and not God. So God's trying to help you. God's trying to reveal himself to you. Listen, uh, you don't know God by education. God revealed himself to mankind. And it's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, number one, what is the hope of his calling? Why did God create you? Why did God make you? Why did he put you in the family that you're in? Why did he make you the color you are? Why did he make you the gender that you are? When he made you, he did not make any junk. And he did not make a mistake. I'm telling you, you are precious in the sight of God. And there is a hope, there is a, there is a purpose for your life. One translation says this about verse 18. It says, so that you may know what is really that hope which springs up in those that hearken unto his invitation. When you know the will of God, when you know the call of God, when you understand why God created you, there's something that leaps on the inside of you, just like it leaped in Mary's womb. Mary was called, her purpose, her plan from God was to carry Emmanuel, God with us. That was her her plan, her purpose. And she found out that purpose. God, God revealed himself to her and she said, be it unto me, how? According to your word. And how is God going to reveal himself to you? Through his word. And, and you, we are carriers of Jesus. We're carriers of the word of God that the, word can look, that, that the world looks at. Do they see Jesus in our lives? 
our life, do our lives preach the gospel? I, I like what I think some saint years ago, he said, preach the gospel everywhere you go and sometimes use words. People are watching you. People see you coming to this church. They say, oh, they go to that, that, you go to that church. I'm, I'm telling you, you go to that church. The Jordan translation says this, the hope to which his call inspires and the wonders and the resources available because of our, our membership in the family. Let me read that again. The hope to which his call inspires in us and the wonderful resources available because of our membership in his family. The King James says this, what is the exceeding great, wait, wait let, me, let me quote it right. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is number one, the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. That's the last part of that statement there. Because of uh, the wonderful resources available because of our membership in the family. What are the rich, the King James says, what are the riches of the glory of his, whose? His inheritance in the saints. What are the riches of the glory? Who cares? Listen, you have the glory of God on the inside of you. You are born again. You are a new creation in Christ. And one day when we all stand before God and we all receive our crowns or whatever rewards we get, one day, and the Bible says we're going to throw those crowns at Jesus' feet, and the Father's going to say, Jesus, you, you, you were willing to step down out of heaven. You were willing to go to that filthy planet that was full of sickness and disease and the curse. And everywhere you went, you went and pushed back the curse. You pushed back sickness and disease. You pushed back lack. And everywhere you went, and they appreciated it so much, they nailed you to a cross. And every disciple you had, every person in your church turned their back on you and didn't want to have anything to do with you. But you laid your life down. And you gave yourself. Wow, for the sins of many, for the sins of us. And, and, and now here is your reward that I'm going to give you, Jesus. The Father's talking to Jesus. Here's your reward. I'm giving you a stack of $100 bills from Jerusalem all the way to heaven. I'm giving you a chunk of gold the size of Island Church. I'm giving you a diamond the size of Galveston Island. Here, G what do you think Jesus would do with that? You know what his reward is? His reward is you. He's going to say, well, what's my word? He says, it's, it's Pastor Leah. And he says, oh, I know her. That's my sister. And he's going to say, yeah. And Jesus' reward is the church. It's all of us together. And I can see Jesus just standing in the middle of millions of people and we come and hug him and love him and cry and freak out because we are his reward. Listen, we are the reward. That's how valuable you are to God. Quit counting yourself as so low. Quit looking at your, listen, you are a child of God. Quit looking at yourself, well, I'm this, I'm that, I don't have this. Listen, come up a little higher. See yourself the way God sees you, Amen. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Listen, there is some incredible power that has been imparted into your life. It is resurrection power. 
There is power on the inside of you that I don't think we have tapped into because we're so mental. We're so fleshy. We want to have everything nice and cozy and everything else. And, and, and listen, there is a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual house that, that Peter talks about that you have to enter into. And it comes through praying these prayers. Amen? There's a part that we play. Listen, Jesus did a, a, an incredible work by coming to this planet and doing everything he could do to redeem mankind. But listen, you can still die and go to heaven if you don't do your part. What is that? Jesus, I see what you've done. You've revealed it to me, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. He did the hard part. And a lot of times we do that, and then we think we've got to go do something, some kind of penance, something we've got to do to try to keep God loving us. No, all you got to do is just ask God to keep revealing the word to me. Stay in the word of God. Stay in prayer. Keep talking to your heavenly father. And you, listen, you will grow. Amen. Amen myself. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us? Or what? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or turned on in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. God raised Jesus from the dead. The power, listen, I, I like what one preacher said. He said this. He said, God didn't just raise Jesus from the dead so he could overcome rigor mortis. <laughs> Amen. And he didn't raise him from the dead. And, and, and Jesus came out and said, well, I hope that helped you a little bit. Listen, when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead with him. Listen, every sickness, every disease, every addiction, every depression, if you see yourself in Christ, listen, you can just come on up out of that death and come on up into that resurrection life, and those things can just fall off of you. Just shake them off in the fire. Glory be to God. I'll have a shaking service here in a minute. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Uh, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Listen, God set Jesus at his own right hand in the highest, the highest place in the universe. The highest, uh, what, what, what word am I looking for? The, uh, the highest uh, throne, the highest office that you can imagine. Jesus was seated next to the Father through conquest, through what he did on the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection. He bought us back. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It says, and, and uh, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all. I like that word, all. He didn't say, you know, uh, Jesus is seated right here, and the devil is sitting one step down. He said he's far above all. I said he's far above all what? Principality, power, might, and dominion. Those are all different ranks of demons. And the Bible says Jesus is seated far above those different ranks. That's good to know. 
and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I tell you, there is a name that's greater than cancer. There's a name that's greater than Zinka. There's a name that's greater than AIDS. There's a name that's greater than HIV, than all these different names that, that, that have come up over the last few decades. There is not one name that's going to ever come up that's greater than the name of Jesus. Not one disease, not one, not one country, not one person, not one dictator. There is only one who is King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things, which is the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. It says, and you. That means me. Everybody say, and me. It says, and me what? He hath quickened, or he hath made you alive. Wow, why did I need to be made alive? The Bible says, because you were dead in trespasses and sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. If there's anybody in here that has sinned, listen, you have, that, that, uh, death reigns in your life. But the Bible says when you got born again, you became a new creation in Christ. Listen, we, we say that scripture, do we really hear it? We can say it, but does it download? Does it download into your spirit? I am a new creation in Christ. I'm not the same guy that was out here 30 years ago. I'm a new, that guy died. That guy, not only that, he died on the cross. Amen. Jesus said that, one translation says that, Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. One translation says this, it says, Jesus took me to the cross with him. Wow. Wow, because I, I couldn't be fixed. I couldn't be counseled. I couldn't be straightened out. I had to die. And when I died, every addiction I ever had, every problem, I, man, I tell you, I was messed up. But I knelt down on my knees with an 80-year-old woman and, and, and our ex-pastor, and I just, I, I just prayed and asked God to forgive me of my sin and every addiction I had, alcoholism, drug addiction, all this. Man, I was a mess. I was a hot mess, and the devil was trying to kill me. I probably would have died that weekend, but God was merciful. Hallelujah. It was my time. I wasn't ready to go, but I went anyway. Amen. I thank God. What? God revealed himself to me. God revealed his love to me. In spite of all my stupidity, in spite, in spite of all the dumb things that I was doing, God still loved me, and he loved me through those people. And here's the deal. I knew those people knew God. They had the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. They knew God. And because they knew God, I knew I could get to God through them. That's, that, that's why we need to be a strong church. We've got to have a strong church. Listen, people might not come. They might not be able to go knock on, on, on Pastor Rusty's door tonight, but they're going to come knock on your door. They might not be able to ring his phone or, or Pastor Leah's phone tonight, but they might ring your phone tonight. What do you have to offer them? What is it that's in the inside? Listen, you have the glory of God on the inside of you. You have the power of God on the inside of you. You have resurrection power. Get out there and use it. We wonder why, 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 is, why is my Christianity so mundane? It's because you don't do nothing with it. Go to Nicaragua. Go to Mexico. Go downtown. Go somewhere and see God work in your life. Oh, me. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, 
where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, everybody said we all. They're talking about all of us right here, aren't they? Among whom also we had our conversation or our lifestyles in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Listen, a lot of things we blame on the devil when it's the lust of our flesh and of our mind. Listen, our flesh wants to feel good. I want to eat a ribeye steak every night and wash it down with a half gallon of Bluebell. But I can't do that. You, you know, you can, you can kill yourself with a fork just like you can with a needle. I can't let my flesh control. And many times we as Christians are so fleshy, so sensual. We got to feel something. We, you know, we come up here for prayer, man, unless I feel something, unless I get gory bumps or something like that. Listen, make a stand of faith. When hands are laid on me, I'm healed. In Jesus' name. Make that your, your deparkation of faith. And believe God. Learn how to receive from God. God is not withholding his power from us. We're trying to feel something. When all God says, if you'll believe, then you'll see my glory. Why don't you believe something? Come up here with some belief in your heart. Sometimes you got to get a little fight in you. The devil, you've, you've pushed me around long enough. I've had enough. And you got to come out swinging a little bit. And you got to do that with your flesh too. Don't let your flesh control you. And don't let your mind, because a lot of people have, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm educated, I'm smart. Thank God for education. It's good. But the Bible says this. It says knowledge puffs up. And if we're not careful, our education can puff us up, and we can't receive revelation from God. Ouch. Yonggi Cho said this. He said, God doesn't speak to smart people. You can take that however you want it. <laughs> Man, I've been hearing God lately. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. Woo! Thank God for his mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us. Why he did that, I don't know, but he did. Even when we were dead in sins, now listen to this, hath quickened us together with Christ hath quickened us to get the Lord showed it to me like this uh, I think Christopher Olam or somebody like that was he, he was quoting a certain scripture in the book of Isaiah and it talked about a vine and, and I saw I saw myself like a vine and, and Jesus being being the vine and I was just a branch on the vine but I was laying on the ground over there and I wasn't connected to the vine and my, leaf, my leaves were all withered up and stuff. And Jesus, the Bible says what? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our, and in order to graft something into a vine, there has to be a wound. And so I saw myself just, just hanging there limp, and something picked me up and grafted me into the vine. And when I was grafted into the vine, the sap that was in that vine, it brought life to me. 
And listen, you've been grafted into the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been raised, lifted up together, made alive together, quickened together with Christ. The same thing that that quickened Christ is in you. Man. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved. And hath raised us up together. Has raised us up together. Listen, you got to rise up above the beggarly elements of this world. You've got to rise up above the voices that say you can't do it. You've got to rise up above the people that say you'll never make it. You've got to rise up and say, no, I'm a child of God. I'm going to build this building. I'm going to go do this ministry. We're going to have this Bible school. We're going to do what God said we're going to do. Let the dogs bark. Let the train run on. Amen. Amen. Why? Because, not because of who I am, but because who's in me. Greater is he that's in me. It's time to come alive to what's on the inside of you. You have been, you've been quickened together with Christ. You have been raised up together with Christ and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What? That's the part that really messes everybody up. I have been made to, there's, there's God sitting there, there's Jesus seated, seating on his right, right hand, and I've been made to sit together next, next, well, I don't know if I ought to be doing that. What happens when the judge comes in, Dad? Everybody rises. And he comes in, and what? He sits down on that bench, and when he sits on that bench, that bench represents the authority of the state of Texas, or the authority of the United States government, or the county, or whoever that bench represents. When Jesus sat down on the right hand of the Father, it represented all the authority of the kingdom of God. And he says he's taken you, and he has seated you. Where are you sitting right now? You're sitting in Island Church. But when by faith you believe God, and you see yourself in the authority of God, seated in that position of authority. Listen, you can raise your hand like this and say, no, devil, you're not coming no further into my life. Just like the, the smallest little police officer out here on the end of the, at the seawall and having the biggest truck come, that little officer can blow her whistle and say, stop. And that officer doesn't have enough power to blow her nose. <laughs> but she can stop that 10, 15, 20,000 ton truck just with her hand. Why? Because there's some authority behind it. She's seated in that authority. And listen, you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places in Christ, and you have to see yourself in that position. A lot of people say, well, in the name of Jesus, you know, Dallas Cowboys win. In the name of Jesus. Well, you know, don't throw the name of Jesus around like that. There's authority in that name. And listen, when you really need that name, listen, you respect that name. You honor that name. And, and, and it's the same way with your position in Christ. You see yourself in Christ. If you've got to spend some time in prayer, if you've got to pray these prayers, if you've got to go read these scriptures, see yourself seated in that position and then speak like a judge would speak. And when he says, you know, life in prison, that dude gets life in prison. And he rules that place of authority with his words and you take your seat of authority and you speak to your mountain you speak to sickness and disease you speak to your checkbook you speak to to your kid that's running amok and say in the name of Jesus you've gone far enough but you're not coming no more and take your authority in God 
Praise God. I like this one, one translation here. In, uh, it's, this is called the distilled translation. It says, that we might understand the mighty position with Christ which our congregations occupy. It's not just about Pastor Rusty. Even though we honor and love Pastor Rusty, those are our pastors. But we are the body of Christ. They are helping us. They're building us up. Man, what Pastor Rusty's been preaching here recently, man, it's been, it's, it, I can't, I can't, words can't describe how awesome it is, how, how incredible it is. God is trying to get through to us that there's a, listen, there's a revival coming to this church and to this island. And, and I, I said, listen, you need to get in, get out, or, or you're going to get run over. Because there's going to be, there's, listen, th this world is getting more desperate and more desperate and more desperate, and the answer is in Christ. But it's also the answer is in you. And you're out there and you're, you're working your job and you're, you're at the school and, and you're in all these different parts of, of your world. And Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That might not mean you get to go to Nicaragua. It might not mean you get to go to Tanzania. It might not mean you get to go to some other place like that. But you have your world and you go to your world and you preach the gospel. But listen, you do your job. Hello, don't be some weirdo. Bible didn't say go into all the world and be a weirdo. Listen, God, God is smart. God has wisdom. People don't like weird Christians. We got to love everybody, amen? But, I mean, a weird Christian, that's a really weird thing. Lord, help us. But just be yourself. Love people. Let them see the hope that you have on the inside of you. Let, let them see it, man. If, if you're coming to work, you're maybe not feeling too good, just in the name of Jesus, thank God. I'm, you know, how are you doing? Well, I'm healed in Jesus' name. What? That's preaching the gospel. That's ministering to God. They're going to watch you. You leave that afternoon, man, I'm fine. I'm right as rain. Praise God, God's healed me. Well, you know why? Because it works. I said it works. The gospel works. I'm going to read one more thing here, and then I'll, I'll be done. Is this, this good? Yes. Praise God. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. This is in the Carpenter translation. And uh, Lord, help me get through this. It says, calculate if you can the gigantic power behind all this. Sons quickened into life and consciousness. We say we believe. Yes, and what a miracle that is. It means that there is a bridge which joins time with eternity, a road which leads from earth to heaven, and the feet of believers have been set on it. Christ in, is in countless ways the reversal of human expectation and in no more ways startling than resurrection. If there is one thing that all men had to acknowledge, it's the fact that at the end of life, comes death and Christ came and he lived and he died and death had his usual triumph but it was a short-lived mastery death's pale flag was hoisted for a day and for a second day and on the third day it was hauled down and the lamb of God flying his own flag 
was raised from the dead and entered into his glory, and it was the beginning of the resumption of his original glory, which he had with the Father before the world was. But that glory was touched now with an added quality. The victory had been won within the terms of human life. The risen Christ is victorious mankind in what is called the ascension, which follows hard upon the triumph over death. The Son of God finally resumes the attributes of the Godhead, but he is still Son of Man, ambassador of humanity, high priest of earth, and he has taken our nature not for one human generation only, but so as to never lay it off. And thus it is that in him man is now lifted to the divine level where God is. What? <laughs> we have been lifted to the divine level where God is. You are in God's family. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Do you realize the family that that puts you in? My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Where is the glory? It's in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's in the spirit realm. And, and by faith, listen, we learn how to reach into that unseen realm and pull what we need. If we need healing, if we need salvation, if we need the Holy Spirit, whatever we need, we can reach into that realm by faith and pull it in and it'll get in your pocketbook and it'll get in your physical body, and it'll get in your household, and it'll get in your church. And we're gonna we're gonna have a church on, and we have a church on fire. Let's just go out there and start a fire. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is that good for tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.